Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Tubby, Tyler, the usual Wednesday crew coming on in here. Tubby, how are you? I'm doing well, my friend. Doing very well. Appreciate uh, the time, of course, always here on a Wednesday morning. We appreciate you all tuning in to start your morning off right here with the morning after. EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices. Good stuff, as always, on tap for you fine folks. Um, I know uh, if you follow us on social media, uh, we kind of tease that Vic Hudson would be in the building today. My boy. Um, but not not so much, no. Vic Hudson. No. He had other commitments this morning. Did he? I believe so. I mean, I think that was in our pre-show brief that we had today. Yeah, we talked about that. But that's okay, though. We still love Vic. At least I do, anyway. So I guess that counts for something. I don't know what it counts for, but it counts for something. Right, yeah. He's uh, He's got some uh, academia things to take care of. Understandably so. So it's an interesting week for Mr. Hudson, of course, with the Thursday night football game instead of a Saturday matinee contest that you're used to in college football. Um, of course, that game is against the Gannon Golden Knights, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Um, you can hear the call right here in 88.9, uh, com, the TuneIn app, and the Keystone Sports Network uh, with Mike Fenner and myself on the call pregame kicking off at 5.45. You can hear from uh, Coach Browning in the pregame, and we'll hear from uh, transfer uh, kicker extraordinaire uh, Austin Reese at halftime as well, as Mike and I talked to him yesterday. Good good interview with him. I, I had to tell him, Tubby, that you know I, I was a kicker back in my day. So I had to make sure I got that in there. Did you guys compare notes? Did you learn anything? Did you give him a few tips? I don't know. I did not give him a few. I mean, I asked him what is... I don't know what his distance, what his range is, and that was about it. Yeah, what kind of range does he have? Can he go fifty yards? Uh no, yes, he can. Fifty-four, he said. Fifty-four is as long. Yeah, that's that's really good. That's, it is. That's a good range. So we'll have to figure that out if he can actually get it. The Eagles need a kicker. Did you tell him that? Ah, uh, I mean, no, but I mean the Eagles don't. I mean, I don't know. Parky's injured, but he can come back. Not as dire as the Steelers' situation. Yeah, but still, there's like 90 other kickers that are on the street right now selling insurance and used cars. But they're not that good. I mean, I, I think there's some that are better than Caleb Sturgis, don't get me wrong. But overall, kicking is not, not that good. Nationwide. Right. So, I don't know. But we're not going to talk about kickers today. Uh, we are going to talk about some other things. Uh, Monday night happened, and we didn't have a Tuesday to talk about it. Um, so we're not really going to go dive into the game, but an aspect of the game that we need to talk about is why does the NFL keep screwing things up? Because they're human? So if you don't know what I'm talking about, 18 seconds ticked off between the Chargers uh, kickoff and Mike Vick, or between the t- between that and the kickoff, I think. 18 seconds ticked away, and uh, no one no one knew about it. No one knew about it. Nobody even noticed. Nobody cared. Except for whoever was running the clock for the lower score ticker on ESPN, because that's not automatically going. Someone works that clock. Right. And so someone was paying attention to the clock, doing their job. They deserve a raise. They weren't questioning anything. They were just like, hey, time's a ticking away. Right. Because the clock doesn't actually suppo- is not supposed to start until the, receiver re- or the, uh, the returner receives the ball and starts to make a move. Well, t- the clock was taken away also when Mike Vick was running out onto the field, even afterwards. Still going. Still going. 
Yikes. And that's supposed to be like the big thing. Like 18 seconds are ticking away. So here's so the NFL. So the NFL. And now second straight week on Monday night. So this isn't just like a local Sunday game that no one other than like in this area is watching the Bills. No, you know everybody, I mean? everybody and their cousins watching right. this game. This is ESPN. National. Prime time. And this second straight week that there's a blunder by the NFL on, the, on, on national television. So And again, ESPN didn't even catch this right away. The, at least the on-air talent. So again, that's awkward for them. They dropped the ball. But the big thing is the NFL and the NFL's then excuses, which they didn't even think. I don't think they made a public um, – makes a public statement until the next day, and they say, oh, that's a local part-time employee that runs the clock for regular season games. It's only an NFL official or employee in the postseason. So it's just like Tubby hmm. applied – to the Cleveland Browns to be their clock operator. Right. And then every Sunday, you go, that they're at home, you go to, what is that, Paul Brown Stadium or whatever? No, it's uh, First Energy Stadium. Now, it used to be that, right? No. no. Paul, Paul Brown Stadium's in Cincinnati. Ah, close enough. Cleveland, right. Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, it's same, so close. Same, same division. Because Cincinnati's almost Kentucky, but yeah, go ahead. Carry on. I don't I don't have a very good no, concept okay. of the country. I know. I, I'm letting you go. I'm letting you continue your point. I'm supporting you. I'm being a country. good sidekick today. Um. So he, you could apply to that position and then just do that every every Sunday, which I think is absurd. Yeah, I I believe it's it's some male bovine phosphate that's coming out of their mouths. I don't know what any of that it means. It's okay, but biology kids will get it. But my problem with it is, if you're the NFL and you make nine billion dollars a year, you can't pay. Someone who can do the job well. Don't tell me they're just a part-time employee. Officials are part-time employees. Almost every single official, if not all, have another job. Even the most well-known ones, because, I mean, that's not going to affect your pay rate. But even a guy, Ed Hockley is a lawyer. Gene Sterator, who's my favorite official, um, runs a cleaning business. He's the manager of, like, a janitorial supply company. They all have other jobs. So, they're yes, they're part-time employees. They get paid well. If you, do, if you got a postseason game, like if you're doing the AFC-NFC championship and you're a head official, a ref, you can make almost 10 Gs in that game. I'm sure it's a heck of a lot more than a part-time local clock operator is making. But why, in 2015, where the NFL is such a – Huge monopoly. Is it not paying and overseeing the uh, employee pool for a clock operator in their games? Well, that's like the guy that runs the board at uh, Cleveland Brown Stadium, First Energy Stadium. You know, like the the big board and it shows all those fancy videos and all that stuff. Right, right. That is a paid full-time college graduate in graphic design and marketing has that position and runs that board. Right, this isn't the minor leagues. We're not looking for interns. We're not looking for, right. you know, some guy that's looking to just make eight bucks an hour and get an autograph at the end of the day. This is a legit thing. This is a legit franchise sport in position to the game. You're a clock operator. When I when we get the when we get a roster card, when we do Edinburgh football, all right, most places, especially home, take care of us very well. Um, you get a roster card and it tells you all the rosters, all that good stuff. And also on the card, it tells you today's officials crew. And you know who's part of that crew? 
It says the clock operator. It tells me the name. It's not an official. It's someone at the university is paying, I believe, to run the clock. Right. But they're still part of that crew. So why then isn't the NFL like paying a because I I assume that's my that, question that the clock operator should be like an official. I mean, it's the official time of the game. If we have right, if we have officials on the sideline, you know what I mean. That like buzz and you, down, and you got one up in the, you got a couple up in the booth buzzing down for reviewable plays. Right, you got one on the ground, and because you they have extras too. I think sometimes, you, especially you in the postseason. Sta- yeah, you got to have a standby in case one gets injured. Well, they don't obviously always have one because there was a guy that broke his collarbone in the Denver game like two weeks ago, and they only went with five officials. So you don't always have a standing right. up by the guy cuts. for that in a playoff studio. But you – I don't know why – what, what, what flabbergasts me, and another thing that fires me up about this is, is the review, and that's going to go to two weeks ago's Monday Night Football blunder for the National Football League. But it's 2015. You make $9 billion a year, and we can't pay a, a official to – do the clock because you're right. If it's this, if this is the official time, you right. should have an official on an NFL guy that is doing this. Going to because even though these guys are part time employees, the NFL is giving them league issued iPads. They give them report cards. They give them breakdown of the calls they made, they missed. You know what I mean? All this stuff. Do that for a clock operator. This isn't high right. school. I've seen stuff like this happen in high school football when I've covered games. I've seen local guys. You know, maybe like, oh, let's let's tick a few. You know, run run a few ticks off, off here. Run a few ticks Especially off there. Especially when the home team is up. Right. That, it needs to be an impartial, not paid by the home team clock operator. I completely agree. Holy cheese and crackers. You and I agree on a big topic issue. First time since the show started. There's first time for everything. I mean, what do you want? You want the applause? You get something. I mean, it's a momentous occasion. I think we ought to mark it down. I'm just Sorry. Saying. I was reading Twitter. Well, that's right. You while can... you were talking, well, the Phillies announced that Andy McPhail is going to assume their their presidential position of, today. Wait, the Andy guy's, McPhail. The guy's last name is actually McPhail. Ma- well, it's M A C P H A I L. McPhail. Pretty good guy. <laughs> McPhail. Sounds like a sounds like a McDonald's burger gone wrong. The McFail. <laughs> well, it's it's Mac is how it's spelled. But you say Nick. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I'm hey, acting like I'm. Who? I know I'm acting like I'm 13, but I just can't get over it. I can't get past it. McFail. Who? Okay. Yeah, I played the Who sounder. I actually heard it in the in my headset. Nice. Who? Who? Here, I'm gonna crank up the headphones. Does, does your headphone get cranked up when I crank this one up? No. Crank up your headphone. Is it cranked up the whole way? Right. Okay, go. All right, I'm gonna try it now. Who? You heard it? No. Oh, that's because you're you're old. Oh. Anyway, anyway, I heard it in my headset. That's all that matters because it's your show. I'm just right. here. I'm you're just there. Here. You're there to talk to you, so I don't have to talk to the wall. Right. Nonetheless, um, <laughs> good shout out to Tori Craven for telling us that that actually did work after our last show. We apologize for the rest of the listeners that had to listen to me hit the Who sounder about seven times. It was it, like the remix version. It was exactly. It wasn't. It wasn't registering in our headsets, and I didn't know that it was playing. So our apologies. Anyway, any Who, if you will. Any Who. Um, back to NFL talk. Do you think the NFL makes a change to this? Because they didn't seem like it. They didn't when they made a public apology statement, whatever they did on Tuesday. It didn't seem like they really cared about. It. They're like, oh, 
No skin off our back. You got to talk to that home crowd. You got to talk to the San Diego Chargers. You got to find out who that employee is. And, you know, it should be up to the Chargers to reprimand said employee. But if you're the National Football League, I think you should be held responsible for taking care of the official time of the game. Because like I said, and we were talking about this before, is that I've seen this go on in high school football. This might happen in college football. It actually did happen in um, college football about, I think it was two weeks ago. Or maybe it was the homecoming game. I can't remember. But it was brought to my attention that time ticked away at the Edinburgh game. Wow. Not not a lot. It didn't right. affect the outcome like this one potentially could have. And I right. still think it did because the NFL is like, oh, well, the Steelers won. But, yeah, but there was 15 seconds left. So who's to say, A, that the Steelers wouldn't have run that time out? Or, B, that that would have left the Chargers enough time to maybe throw a Hail Mary. Mary. Yeah. Get a kickoff return. Right. It's just... I- it's sad because these are good football games. I mean, that was a walk-off touchdown. How many times do you get a walk-off touchdown? Now, the dramatics of it was ruined because you had to kick the extra point. Um, but it was basically a walk-off touchdown. And time expiring with the guy reaching across the end zone. Sarah Thomas, the first ever you know, official, uh, woman official, did a great job. She was, she was confident, on the point, made the call, and she was right. I mean... Now, evidence, uh, video reviews only didn't, didn't confirm it because they said call stands. Remember, if they find there's a sufficient amount of video review to, to up, uphold the call, they will say confirmed, confirmed. but they didn't. So they go, when there's not enough to go either way, there's not enough to confirm it, but there's not enough to reverse it, they go stands. They stay with the call on the field. So she thought it was good. I thought it was good. I thought it was the right call. I thought he scored. Um, so, I mean, all of that was taken care of well by the NFL. But you ruin the dramatics of a walk-off touchdown on a night where there's MLB playoffs and, and you're looking for walk-offs in the NFL. You had a walk-off touchdown on Monday Night Football when the Steelers looked dead in the water. San Diego they at so home. so horrible that entire game. So I picked horrible. San Diego. I went with Pittsburgh. You went with Pittsburgh. Because I thought Mike Vick, I, I pictured Mike Vick being in that situation down the stretch, but I thought he was going to have the turnover. But he didn't. Great job, Mike Vick of old. Mad no for Mike Vick. Right. Ruined it. I, I think the NFL as a whole, I think it's getting to the point where it's just like a high-speed train wreck. You know, like, it just seems like every week there's something else about the NFL. If it's not domestic violence, then it's, uh, like, players being drunk and getting DUIs or substance abuse or somebody getting suspended. And then on top of that, once you finally get all that to settle down and you get into the meet, you get into the games, now it's the officiating. Again, right. Every week, there's something. Missed calls, blown calls. Now, is is that because like the refs are human, and we have all this technology now, and all these different camera angles that we, as the general public, are picking up on it? I mean, is is that our is that kind of our fault, or is it the NFL having no? Um, they don't have anybody to answer to. You right. Know what I mean, I mean? No, the, yeah, the, no one's the, gonna hold them accountable. Right, because they're the biggest kid on the block. So. How does it get fixed? I mean, do they do it in the off season? Do they are they able to pull back and pump their own brakes, or they don't care as long as the money's flowing? I mean, I think yeah. I think it has. It comes down to us having that technology to to you know say, oh look, you missed this here. We have those multiple angles. We're able. We have these capabilities. But we have these capabilities is right. So does the National Football League. 
why can't they be putting more technology in and changing their ways? Which leads us to our second point, which we'll get to after the break. Get back to two weeks ago's Monday Night Football blunder with another officiating error with the uh, illegal bat in the back of the end zone um, that really cost potentially, really cost the Lions a win. And now look at the Lions a few weeks later still winless. So that's unfortunate for them. So we're going to hit a break. Um, we're coming, more things coming up, more talk bashing the NFL because, you know, what else do we want to do? On the other side, don't go anywhere. It's the morning after. Supporters of WFSC include Quickfill, a chain of 300 convenience stores and gas stations in the tri-state area, offering American-made fuels from Parent United Refining Company in Warren, Pennsylvania. Information is at quickfill.com. They'll challenge your authority. They'll try to break your will. They'll push you to the edge of your sanity. Because that's what kids do. But this car is your territory, not theirs. Defend it. Who makes the payments? Who cleans it? Who drives it? You do. That's who. And in here, your word is law. So when you say you won't move until everyone's buckled up, you won't budge an inch until you hear that click. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. For more information, visit safercar.gov slash kids buckle up. 923, Tubby. The morning after. Halfway home. Tubby. Tyler. Amelia, program director in the building, coming in saying hi. Bye, Mom. She doesn't want to talk sports. Thanks for all you do. I really appreciate all your hard work. Sincerely. There you go. Okay. She doesn't, she doesn't like you. She does not. It's okay. It's all right. Life goes on. Right. I continue. Nonetheless. So here's my other question. How are things still not reviewable calls in the National Football League? Overall, think about it. Think about I, how many things are not reviewable or we're told they're not reviewable. Why are they not reviewable? I think it's just to save the continuity of the game. Otherwise, you would be pausing the game, timing. It would drag on forever with everything getting reviewed all the time. But would you rather have a quicker game or a properly called game? I think there needs to be an element of humanity in it still. But no one's complaining I mean, that the National Football League games are long, are they? People are complaining Major League Baseball is long. People are complaining that the game of golf is taking too long, which is why they're afraid that they're losing fans and, and young players in golf and baseball. I, I think golf is only fun if you play it. Otherwise, you're just watching That's what I'm ugly, saying, ugly though. Pits. Playing the game is taking too long for golf. But golf isn't, to me, golf isn't really like a spectator sport. Baseball is more of a spectator sport. You're missing my point, sir. Okay, I'm, I'm not talking about people watching it. I'm talking about people playing it in general. Oh. Yes, it takes long to watch because you're going to watch. You're not watching one guy take a round. You're watching 12 guys. You're watching 550, sometimes 100 people play around. Golf is. Do you know how long golf is on TV in a given day? No clue. It's like eight hours. And I've watched it for all eight hours. But, you're, but one guy is only playing for four. 
Right. What I'm saying is they're saying that is even too long. Okay, so back to the spectator sport so you can understand my point. Okay, thank you. Because you don't look like a golfer to begin with. No, the last time I played golf, I shot a 98. That's not bad. For nine holes. Oh. Yeah. That's not, that's not good. No, and that, and that was sober. So, because it was before, it was actually before I was of age legally to drink. So you haven't played golf in like 20 years. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, well, I've, I've always been broke and I couldn't really afford clubs or a tea time or any of that stuff. I mean, even though it was like 20 bucks. Back in the day, yeah. Now it's, now it's kind of expensive. I mean, you could play it like a... At like a municipal course. Well, the one down here down the road at... Um, in Edinburgh. No, not... There's in one in Edinburgh. The, I know there's one in Edinburgh, but I was talking about the one down in Union City they're offering. It's like nineteen ninety nine for 18 holes. That's pretty cheap. Fall special. Oh, in the fall. That's a different... I'm talking peak season. Oh, yeah. Peak season. No. Forget about it. Anywho. Baseball's taking too long. People are saying that needs to slow down. That's why they're worried about officiating or re- officiating reviews and all that. And every time it seems like there's a review in a game, the writers or the, pl- or the broadcasters are always telling you how long it took because everyone's concerned about the- those reviews taking too long. I don't care. I mean, if that game on Monday night, think about it, that batted ball at the end of the game, all right, mm-hmm. that they're saying, A, is not reviewable play. B, none of the officials knew the rule. But the way the current system is, you can't review, like you like the way because number one, it's under two minutes because it was the end of the game, so you couldn't. I think it was under two minutes because yeah, it was close to the end of the game, it wasn't time expiring, but you couldn't challenge that if you were the Lions to begin with. Right. That had to come down from above. But the booth is not going to buzz down and say, "Hey, you screwed up this call. You should have thrown a flag." But why can't we? That's an excellent question. It's a turnover. All turnovers are reviewed. Right. They're reviewed to the point of did this person actually lose possession or should we give possession back to the to the to the team? Why can't we if we're reviewing it and looking at that, why can't we say, "Oh, this guy batted the ball." Now, I'm not saying call a hold on Detroit if there was a hold on the other side of the field. I'm saying if there is a penalty that directly affects possession or the outcome of that play, which Hence is possession. Why can't that be buzzed down and be reviewed? It was late in the game, right? How how late in the game? I just was told it? you it was under two minutes. It's under two minutes. Are you well, following me here? Yeah, I am. I, but I'm also doing research too to bring up a point. But uh, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know what's. Co- oh, that's. I good. mean, so today's show is just Tyler makes a point and Tubby goes, I don't know. Well, I mean, what do you want me to say? I, I want I, you to have a point. I, I wish I did. I, I wish I did. I, I I don't understand the reason behind it. I don't know all the rules behind what's reviewable, what's not, and I don't understand. It's just, it's, I don't think there's any complicated thing behind it. I don't think there's any witchcraft and, and wizardry that's stopping it. I think it's the fact of the matter that there are certain plays that are, are they were deemed review, reviewable, and there's plays that aren't. And because the owners at the meeting sat down and created this list. This is reviewable. This isn't. Right now, the owners, because of these last two Monday Night Football blunders and things that could have been avoided, costing the Lions a win and, um, you know, potentially altering the end of a game with 18 seconds being run off with no one knowing, um, you can change that. Their owners are talking about now making a list of, of, of plays that 
are not reviewable instead of a place that are reviewable. Because currently there's just a list that is reviewable. And then the rest that's not on the list is then not reviewable. Right. But they're going to make a list of what's not reviewable because that's going to be smaller now moving forward. But don't all these rules also have to be approved by the players' union as part of the CBA? I believe so, but you're telling me the players won't approve that? They might They might not. I don't it, I mean, they could. I mean, it depends on, like, if, if they want to, if they're happy with the way the system is now and that they're able to get away with some things. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, like I said, I'm not saying that it's going to be, it's not, we're not going to review a hold. Holding happens on every play. Right. It's just, is it going to get called? Is it that detriment to the play that it's going to get called? That's when holding gets called. But how do you decide? How do you how do you, how do you how do you put out the line and say okay if it has a direct effect on the play so the batting of the ball all right Seahawks batted out of bounds that penalty an official upstairs should know the rule book not to mention the six guys on the field should know the rule and not one of them threw their yellow hanky that's a whole nother story that you need to know the rule book but the NFL is probably just going to say these are part time employees. What I'm saying is if the official upstairs has the time to look at it, he's reviewing the play to begin with, Tubby, because under the current system, he's reviewing all turnovers and then is going to buzz down to the referee if he needs to get under the, under the, the, on the headset and under the booth um, to talk to the guy upstairs. Why can't he go and go, oh, wait, this guy batted the ball. That's illegal. That's against, you know, rule number 7A, article C subsection Q right there. If you bat the ball backwards or out, out of bounds, then that returns possession to the other team with a first down. So it should be Detroit Lions ball at the half yard line, first down, not Seahawks ball at the 20 yard line. As of October 1st, 2009, there was a, there was a book released called the official rules of the NFL published by the NFL. All right. Want to know how long that book is? How long? Probably like a thousand pages. 288. Okay. So that's 288 pages worth of sports legal jargon. Okay, I got that. I got that. And I'm not and you want And you want an individual in the booth. I want seven individuals. I got six on the field and one up top. So I'm you not want... arguing that they missed the call. It happens. But right. you got seven of them. Right. But you're, you're, you're loading it all on that one guy in the booth to know all 288 pages front and back? I'm... Putting it on seven NFL officials who get paid thousands of dollars a game, travel the whole nine, paid for, to come up with the call. Seven of you with a 288-page book to come up with that rule in crunch time. Sure, it's not going to happen often, but you got to know. That's all I'm saying. I can... I can I can kind of see ESPN not knowing because in my life I've never seen that rule need to come into effect in a game. Right. So if John Gruden, who was a former head coach, might want to know the rules, doesn't know, okay. Mike Tirico doesn't know the rules, okay. ESPN producers don't know the rule, understandable. But if seven NFL officials don't know that rule or don't know enough to even have a conversation about it, for someone to say, let's call a huddle and be like, hey, isn't there, isn't that like illegal? To even have a conversation about it. There was no conversation about it. There was touchback, ball on 20, let's go. Game. Detroit Lions lost. 
there is going to be human error. And so you, so you would rather have them, like, after a questionable play and be like, eh, you want somebody to have the stones to say, hold on, let's send it back up to the booth, have our, have our little booth jockey look it up to see if it was a no, legal I'm play not, or not? They could potentially do that. I mean, that, that's, I'm just trying to they devise could, a system in where this Because the NFL comes is now using that headset system where they have the mics on the, on the officials with the earpiece in, and they're all talking to each other. Unless they get the unless they get the uh, Patriots radio broadcast, correct. But most of the time that works. Okay. So what I'm saying is the college system started that. The NFL has picked that up, and they've been able to use that now. It's speeding up the game a little bit because now Joe doesn't need to run over to Chip Kelly and ask if he wants to accept it and declined it because Tom is already on that sideline and he can just buzz over to Tom and hey say hey Tom, you know. The penalty is holding on the Steelers. It's it's ten yard penalty. Um, is Chip going to accept or decline? And he goes, Chip's going to accept. So then he comes back and go, we got a holding on the Steelers, number sixty three, ten yard penalty replay, third down. That's quick. Instead of Tom running over, or instead of John running over, Tom's already there. Right. So we can have that. So why can't we buzz up top? Or why can't the guy up top go? Wait a minute. We need to take a better look at this. There are a lot of times. If you watched a lot of football, you'd understand this. But there are a lot of times that scoring plays go under review when they don't need to be. Now, it's quicker review, sure, but that has already stopped play. And I don't think there's really a flow to the NFL anymore as it is with how many commercials there are. There's longer extra points. There's no flow in that anymore. They cut, no. Quicker used to come in, just chip the two, the 19-yard field goal that ended up being so on the two-yard line. Right. And now it's, what, a 25-yarder or whatever. Yeah. Or I think it's even longer than that. Um, now there's – there. I think it might be 33. Yeah. And you, you, have, you have what? You have with all the – the games on television – Stop the flow of the play. We saw that with Edinburgh's game on Saturday. I like Sports Fever. I like the coverage for Edinburgh. That it's on ESPN3, Root Sports, all across the state. But you have Mr. Red Hat on the sidelines saying we're going to commercial break. So when we're on the – so Mike and I, you know, we're on radio, and we're used to going through quick timeouts, this and that and the other, and then now we have like three-minute timeouts. We have a kickoff where the guys just come out on the field, let's go. No, we have to have a two-minute timeout because TV went to commercial. There is no flow to the game because of television. How many times you see a touchdown commercial, you come back, kick off, then you have another commercial? That is like the most dreaded thing in sports. Yep. That happens a lot. That happens probably two, three, maybe even five times in one NFL contest. Sometimes less because if the NFL game, because if the game's running behind because of an injury, the NFL has to keep them all together. You know, everybody's got to go to half around the same time. Everyone's got to end around the same time. It's just the system. What I'm saying, though, is that happens. There's no flow to NFL to begin with. So why can't we stop it to get the call right? I'm not saying every pass interference needs to be reviewed. Right. But well, I think maybe I think maybe what part of the problem is because the the white hat ref on the on the field he's the, he's the general. He's, he's the only ref. The rest aren't refs. They're officials. They have their linesmen. So when you're saying ref, he's the only ref. Okay. White hat. Ref. Well, anyway, he's the trying big- to educate you. This is a sports talk show. I figured you know. I've just called them all refs. I'm just anyway. I'm trying to bring you to another level. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you taking the time to educate my poor old dumb butt. Continue. Anywho, so the white hat ref is the guy in charge. He's the guy running the crew. It's his crew. Right. Okay. He's the head guy. 
Right. So I think that there needs to be like a change or there needs to be more power to the guy that's sitting in the booth watching the reviews. Well, he decides. Well, the guy in the booth decides on whether they will review that scoring play or whether they will review that turnover. They buzz down to him. It's not the ref's decision to go, wait a minute, we need to take another look at this scoring play to make sure he actually did cross the goal line. It's the guy up top that makes that decision. He has that power. I see this is confusing you to, 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 to some end here. So we're going to take a break. It's already 940. Yeah, because the smoke's coming out of my ears and I can smell the wood. And I, and I, I feel like you're, you're hitting some walls here. So we're going to come back uh, after a break here. I'll try to educate him on, during, during the uh, break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about this and more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 88.9 WFSE, Edinburgh. 941, the morning after. All that cheers that normally happens when I walk into a room. Makes sense. Yeah. Because you are the legend. Right. And plus on the show, too, because I can just do this and press a button. But I like that cheer at the end of that song because it's a lot more more female-dominated. Yeah. That's definitely who you pander to, our female audience. Only on radio, TV, I lose all of them. (laughs) Nonetheless, uh, let's finish up the talk here on uh, replaying. So my basically my proposal is... Tubby, Mm -hmm. is that, like, Bill Belichick has brought this up, have cameras on every sideline. Have one that's pointed right down this sideline. Have one that's pointed right down the back um, end of the end zone, down the other sideline, down the other one. ESPN's already got cameras in the pylons, which the NFL should have access access to, to, yes. Um, I mean, I think they need to have cameras in more places. I think they need to re- – I don't want them to review everything. I don't want them to be like, oh, there was a trap block missed on the kickoff return. You missed that, okay? There's human error. I got that. That's going to happen. There's probably penalties missed on every play. And penalties are called more now than they have ever been in the National Football League. I think the officials are more educated. They're more prepared than ever. But they're not perfect because we're humans. Right. So what needs to happen is we need to have the official upstairs be able to buzz down and say, wait a minute. This call is going to change the play. So not only check the possession of the turnover, check if there was a penalty like that situation, the batted ball, that will alter the possession. Because isn't the whole point of reviewing turnovers is to see if the ball, see if the turnover actually happened? Yes. So the turnover wouldn't happen because of the penalty. So why can't that be reviewed is my question. Why are we just looking if a knee was down before the ball came loose? We're not playing with leather helmets anymore. This is 2015. Mm-hmm. Let's use technology. Sam Bradford's looking at his interception on, an, on, a, on a Windows tablet now. Why can't we review that stuff? We have technology. Yeah. I mean, I... Good talk. I, I, no, I, I get it. It's just that I think... What they were trying to do is that they were trying to hold it to the play that was reviewable, so they reviewed the turnover, but the batted ball happened after the reviewable play. So that's why the batted ball wasn't reviewable, because they were only looking at like the first portion of it. Does that make sense? Right, but you should be able to review it. Keep it going. But like, at the point of the turnover, the play's over. Whatever happens after that is... No, it's not, though, because the ball was still alive in the end zone. It was still rolling in the end zone. Are, do you know the play we're talking about? Yeah, I see. Did you see the play? Yeah. Okay, so the ball's live in the end zone. The Seahawks player could have picked it up and ran it out of the end zone. 
and tried to get in yardage. He could have ran that back for a touchdown, 108 yards. Or he could have ran it, got tackled at the 20, 25, and the ball would have been there. That's Seahawks. That's where they start their drive. Or he could have picked it up and need it, and that's a touchback. He didn't do any of those things. So the ball was still live until he batted it out of bounds. If Calvin Johnson fumbles that ball and it rolls out the end zone, then that's a fumble, touchback, Seahawks ball. Because where you fumble and the ball rolls out of bounds, that's where the ball, that's where the ball's down. You know what I mean? So if, mm-hmm. if it's in the field of play and you fumble and it rolls three yards ahead, you gain those three yards. But if no one else picks it up out of bounds, out of the sidelines, then it stays that team's possession. But if, since it went out the back of the end zone, then it's a touchback. Right. But that wasn't the question at hand. The question at hand, was it a fumble or did he cross the line? Right. Right. Or, yeah, was he cross the line or was he down? Right. But the play but wasn't was over the then. But that was the, that was the reviewable moment. They're not going to run the tape for the next five minutes or whatever to see what goes on. But why not? Because when you have a fumble ruski type of situation happening where, where, you know, one lineman's slipping the ball through his hands and another lineman tried to get it and you're trying to find out where exactly the recovery occurred and who was the individual and which team deserves possession – you're going to go and look at multiple instances. In a single replay, when you're going, single review, and you're going to look at a different uh, situation, some situations call for you to look at A, was the ball caught or fumble recovered? B, where was it on the field? So where should the, where should the ball be spotted? And three, what should time be? If you can look at those three scenarios uh, in a clip, why can't you look for another five seconds and see that the ball was illegally batted out of the back of the end zone? Because that wasn't the, revo- the reviewable moment. That wasn't the moment that was in question. The moment in question was, did he actually fumble? Or was he down? Okay, so I get that. So that's the current system. I'm asking to change the system. I get why they didn't do it. That's the rule. I'm not arguing why did they do it. I'm arguing why is that all we can do? It's 2015. You act like there's a film strip in the library and we got to like... Roll back the film strip. No, or, no, or um, no, the, no. Or rewind trying, the, the VHS player to try to watch this batted ball. We're not. I'm, I'm trying to formulate a point, and I just can't do it. I know what I want to say, but I can't. I can't formulate the. I don't know. I'm brain dead today. I'm probably have a snappy comeback for you by Friday or next week. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I deserve that. I just... I don't know. We'll go to break, since Tubby apparently needs something to... I short-circuited. I need rebooted. That was a good conversation, too. It was, until I screwed it all up. We'll come back, talk about something else, and maybe you can uh, use words correctly. I doubt it. I'm getting fired. Looking for volunteer opportunities or just searching for a day of socializing? Come on down to the Edinburgh Food Pantry located on 124 Meadville Street in Edinburgh, PA. The Edinburgh Food Pantry provides food for those who cannot afford it otherwise. Several different stores like Wegmans and Giant Eagle provide food for the pantry. Receiving donations of all kinds from organizations all over the area, the Edinburgh Food Pantry is able to provide aid for families in need. For more information about the Food Pantry, contact Mary Weber at 814-734-1008. 952-88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after. Tyler and Tubby here on a Wednesday. Appreciate your time as always. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. EdinburghNow.com, the tune-in app on mobile devices. Also our podcast on EdinburghNow.com, always up there. Uh, 
around the afternoons. Check that out. Um, good stuff there. Um, we got some underwriting in there now. Yep. Because uh, we love our underwriters. Yep. We love our local businesses who are helping us out, helping yep. us do what we do. I also promo the shows, too, the, our fellow shows on there, too. It's what the bosses said. Yep. So I got to do it. Well, that's what we got to do. I mean, we're in it together. Yes. So we got to support those other I just shows. like my job. That's why. Yep. I also want my mailbox to be moved up higher. So that's why I'm listening to them. Yeah, but that was for your ease. Oh. True. I can't reach that high. No. Nonetheless, um, let's get, we're going to switch away from the replay review talk because Tubby doesn't have riding, the mental capacity. Because Tubby's riding the struggle bus today and to, struggling to get through the show. To apparently have a conversation. So, unfortunately, we got to go to maybe a, a, a lesser, not a lesser topic, but a topic that requires less thinking. Okay. Is that fair? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I am insulting you, but, but I'm not trying okay. to insult you too much. For, for all the times that I've beaten on you on this show and berated you and belittled Unnecessarily you. Unnecessarily as well. Exactly. I never have come up short like you have this morning. Correct. You've never phoned it in as I have. Correct. Today. I phoned in about one segment, I think, this entire year. Yeah. And I've done probably t- 20 more shows. That's why you're the hardest working man in Edinburgh sports, I don't need you to keep saying that. Well, you are. Um, nonetheless. So a couple things happening in, in major college football, which uh, you know we'll talk about now. Because actually we sat down, Mike and I did, with Scott Browning yesterday to talk uh, our interview for the Scott Sports Show, which drops tomorrow morning. Um, and he brought up, he's like, man, everyone's getting fired. He's like, yeah, everyone's gone. Cause, and he brought in Steve Sarkeesian at USC, gone yep. um, as the head football coach there. And also Steve Spurrier resigning, not retiring, really? as the head ball coach at South Carolina. Um, let's talk, I mean, I mean, the this, this Steve Spurrier situation is interesting because it comes in the middle of a season, um, you know, all that good stuff. But I think really the, ba- the bigger storyline is, is the Sark talk. And, um, you know, he goes... He goes from a one day, or he goes from being put on, you know, leave of absence, indefinite leave, by athletic director Pat Hayden, and then the next day gets fired. So let me ask you this question. Do you, do you agree with the way Hayden handled that situation? Oh, gosh. No. No, I really don't. So how would you done it? You're Pat Hayden. Rumor is that... He's had these troubles before with alcohol problems. Now it's even coming out that he had these problems back in Washington. Sark is your Sark is your 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 one of your better friends. You got him this job at USC. Um, he came into the pro. He came into the the, the complex on on uh, when was that? Today's Wednesday, Monday, and just was unable to fo- focus. People said he was drunk in meetings, and he put him on. So what would you do? So he comes in, you get that. You get that. Um, you get that information from assistant coaches that he's inebriated while he's talking to the team. What would you do? What do you do? You're Pat Hayden. Well, I definitely would suspend him. You know, but I would, I would try to get him in some type of, of treatment program, and at least you know, try to get the guy healthy. I wouldn't fire him right away. I'd show like a little bit of compassion, but I mean, I definitely he probably wouldn't. Yeah, I would at least try to get him in some treatment without like firing right off the bat. Although I understand it is a true fireable offense. I mean, anybody, any schmo off the street. I mean, cripe, you even go into McDonald's, you know, drunk off your tuckus. They'll kick you, you out. Okay, so here's my thing. You put him on leave of absence. You try to get him help. Does he, quote-unquote, successfully goes through rehab. You, you bring him back as your head football coach. 
Probably not at that time. So then why don't you just fire him? I don't know. Human decency? Yeah, but what's the point of having that? Listen, Pat Hayden pro- should lose his job. Probably. Because of this. I mean, You went out on a limb, limb to get Hayden. or Hayden went out on a limb to get Sark the job. All right? He obviously didn't vet him properly to Correct. go back and find that he had these alcohol issues at Washington. Right. I understand the leave of absence from the beginning because I thought he was doing the human decency thing, and I was going to give him credit for that. But he's never going to be able to coach this team. He's never going to be able to really coach any, any team. team. Right. He's going to lose all respectable um, you know, notion with the team. He's going to lose right. all respectability. He's That's got okay. no one. Yeah. He's got nothing, no, no leg to stand on, especially with, with college kids. Well, after, after rehab, I almost guarantee you that you'll see him on NBC Sports talking about college football. He'll be a... He'll I don't know about NBC analyst. Sports, maybe Fox Sports. NBC Sports likes to have a reputation. Yeah, but And also they don't do college football other than Notre Dame. Well, they're looking to because they're, they're trying to get into that whole market. Like I, because they they have like an NBC Sports channel now, like Fox right, Sports. NBC Sports Network. Right, it was actually here before Fox Sports. Bet you didn't know that. Probably not. Nope. Because I don't care. Okay. But you're the one that brought it up. I know. Okay. Don't don't fact check me. Just go along with it. You're confusing my facts. I don't want the viewers to get wrong information. They're not getting wrong information. Well, you said, oh, you made it seem like now we have an NBC sport. I may have implied it, but it's up to the it's up to the listener to infer what they will. Listen, you're a journalist, you're a storyteller. Tell the right story. I am telling a story. Can I'm we go back to your story. point? Okay. So yeah, but uh, yeah, he probably ends up as an analyst somewhere. He'll never coach anywhere ever again. He won't. So then that's be- why you should have fired him. Okay. Because you keep him on a leave of absence, that keeps him connected to your program. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, he, this, their offensive coordinator is now the interim coach. However, Sark is on leave. When does he come back? Now, Sark is fired. So now, yeah, you got to do cleanup control and damage control on him having him as your head coach and all the bad publicity you're getting, all these stories that are coming out about him being passed out on a team plane on the way home, people, players supposedly taking pictures of it, him coming in drunk, apparently drunk during a player huddle in the Arizona State game to where assistant coaches need to pull him away. All these different reports coming out. That's embarrassment. That you need to take care of. But now he's not connected to your team anymore. He's gone. So you save a little bit of face. You're trying to clean up. That's part of it. I mean, yeah, you're going to save face, I guess, is what, the, is what the way you would say it. So, yeah, I mean, business move, right move. I just... But you, you said you would just keep him on a leave of absence. Right. Because I guess, I guess you're a better human being than I Because I'm a big, fat, softy. I'm a cutthroat businessman. You are. That's why, that's why we balance so well. It's all about money at the end of the day. Time is money, man. Right. And speaking of time, we're out of it today here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m. as the morning after rolls along. Tubby not here. Not sure the cast of characters I will be in tomorrow. I do know for certain Mike Fenner will be here. Maybe Chewy. Uh, will join us as well. We'll see what's going on with that. As we'll talk Borough football with them having a 6 o'clock kick tomorrow night right here on Fighting Scots Radio against the Gannon Golden Knights. Hope you tune in for that. But before all of that, we'll talk to you tomorrow, 9 a.m., for another edition of The Morning After.